You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Third down, inches to go. The Peter. 17 to 14. Cowboys out in front. Star begins to count. Takes the snap. He has the quarterback. Taking each inch of the snap. The Packers are not in front. And the Green Bay Packers are going to be World Champions. Good Thursday afternoon. Welcome into Packers Total Access. I'm your host, Clayton Bailey. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. Also, if you want to email the show, you can reach us at the email address of Packers Total Access at gmail.com. Guys, that's if you have a question, a comment, or maybe just feedback on the show. Here's the other thing. If there's something you don't like about the show, please let us know that. Um, all feedback is, is welcome. I, I read all of the emails personally, and I take them very personal. And I think that uh, constructive criticism is very, very important when it comes to putting out content. Um, you know, the second that you think that you've got this thing licked is uh, is when you're going to go backwards, right? That goes for anything in life. And uh, definitely appreciate any feedback that you guys send to us. And, and the emails have been lit up here lately. Uh, on the show today, we're actually going to answer a couple of emails. And uh, then we're going to get out of here kind of quick. And the reason being, <clears throat> it's been kind of a long day. Um, we uh, laid my father-in-law to uh, to rest today, um, and uh, and kind of got that behind us. If you guys uh, don't know, uh, he passed away um, earlier this week, and uh, actually uh, Saturday, I believe. Yeah, it was Saturday when he passed away here at our home, and he was battling uh, several things. And I'm not going to bore you with all the details. Uh, if you guys listen to the show, you already know. I apologize for being redundant. But I just want to say thank you for everyone who reached out. It means the world to us. But we uh, we were able to give him, uh, you know, he was in the Navy, actually a part of a fighter squadron, um, pretty decorated. Um, it's uh, it's hard not to smile when you talk about the things that he did for our country. But um, got the whole 21-gun salute and had a, had some naval officers come in and do the ceremony for us today. And, uh, man, I tell you, there wasn't a dry in the, in the house. And it's funny because it was, yes, it was sad, but, most of the tears came from just pride, man. Just pride. Seeing those young sailors along with their, their leaders um, in those white uniforms and knowing what it represents and, and knowing that, that my father-in-law did that, you know, all the way back in the 60s uh, during the Vietnam War and um, dedicated a large portion of his life to that. And uh, it's just, it's humbling. It's very, very humbling. And I'll just leave it at that. So, uh, again, thank you guys for reaching out. But that's why it's going to be a little bit of a short show, and obviously there's not a whole lot going on, but I did want to put some content out. I, to be 100% truthful, I came a hair of just not doing a show, but then I thought, you know what, man, there's no better therapy than to get on this mic and and talk to uh, to friends and what I consider extended family, you know, the Packer family, and talking about what we love, and that's the Green Bay Packers. You you guys and gals, you uh, you made this whole process a lot easier than it, than it could have been. And I don't think you realize that, just the, the feedback you've sent in, the words of encouragement, and just communicating on Twitter and us having fun calling each other out and and uh, and just, you know, 
doing what sports fans do, right? I know uh, I sent a, a shot across the bow at J.J. Leahy yesterday and, and all all in good fun and uh, handled it well, and I'm totally expecting a uh, retaliation shot uh, here real soon. So uh, you guys, you, you make this worthwhile. I mean, it's a lot of fun. So I do want to mention this before we get into the emails and answer those questions. Um, our giveaway has uh, has really taken off, and I'm excited about it. If you guys don't know, uh, Packers Total Access, uh, a part of the PackerNet podcast uh, team, we are actually giving away a indoor club seat for the Monday Night Football game at Lambeau Field, $450 in value. That's what uh, I actually paid for the ticket. And you're going to be indoors, climate controlled, out of the elements, uh, concessions and everything right there at your disposal, and, uh, and be able to... Uh, Order food from your seat if you want to, and you're out of the elements, but you still get to experience that awesome, awesome game day atmosphere at Lambeau. But it's going to be Monday Night Football, December 19th, against the L.A. Rams, the defending Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams. And, uh, yeah, so here are the requirements. If you <clears throat> if you you know are just catching up, maybe you're on vacation, you haven't heard the podcast in a while, and you're going, what is this he's talking about? Here's, what, here's all you got to do. Um, just go to Twitter to at Packers underscore access. Make sure you're following that account. Um, there's going to be a tweet that's pinned to the top of the page. Uh, just retweet that tweet, and that will uh, a retweet and a follow will get you entered into the contest. Okay, and uh, if you want to add e- additional entries into that, which there have been a ton of people that have done this, I was actually talking to Drew earlier today on Twitter, and uh, Drew, if you don't know, has got a GoFundMe that Ryan Schlipp has been very passionate about helping him accomplish, and. 90% of the legwork was done before I even came on board with Packernet Podcast. I actually donated to it myself and and uh, thought, you know what the heck, let's let's try to uh, get that word out there a little bit more for Ryan and for Drew so we can get that seizure service dog squared away for him. And uh, yes, yeah, so if you go to, in that same tweet that I talked about retweeting, if you click on that tweet, you'll see a GoFundMe link and that'll take you right to Drew's page. And for every $5 that you donate, okay, um, for you know, since we started this was was just roughly a week ago, I believe we've got the date wrote down. But for anyone who donated five dollars to that GoFundMe, you're entered into the contest one additional time, and uh, there are no limits to how many times um, you can enter that contest. So you know, we actually had a hundred dollar donation uh, yesterday, which was really really cool. Drew sent me a message and uh, kind of told me about it, and I'm not naming names right now because. Yeah, we're gonna get a lot of a lot of people are gonna get lost in the shuffle. And I don't want. I, I promise you guys, one five dollar donation is just as important as that hundred dollar donation. And that's not to take anything away from that hundred dollar donation. That means the world to us. But every little bit counts. And uh, that hundred dollar donation, I, I mention that because you know five times. You know, a hundred divided by five dollars is uh, if I'm correcting this, I believe I'm from Kentucky. Numbers are hard, but I believe that is twenty entries. Into that, that gives you a great shot at winning that $450 ticket, which is really, really cool. So that will enter you into the contest multiple times. Now, we're going to select the winner on August 5th. If you guys don't know, I'm almost positive that that's right around the family night time or the first preseason game, uh, somewhere in between that week. So football is going to be ramping up. It's going to be exciting. Then we're going to announce the winner, and we do it in August because we want to give people time to prepare and make that trip. Um, What's really cool is myself, Jacob, who helps me do the show on Sundays, um, and uh, my wife, Mandy, will be with us. And we're going to be hanging out up there, and your your seat's going to be right there with us. Uh, I'm actually going to call the event uh, event USA back and try to get the very front row like I did last year and some end seats to make it even even more comfortable where we're right there against the glass. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, you're going to get a chance to kind of hang out with us. So 
With that being said, that's how you enter into the sweepstakes. I don't want to waste any more time. I want to get to these emails, talk a little football, and uh, and kind of uh, get out of here early. Like I said, I just wanted to put a show out because it's been kind of a rough day, very emotional. I feel like a a basket case. I'm not going to lie, man. It was a it was a, a tough day, a good day at the same time. As weird as that sounds, and just seeing someone honored and respected the way he was uh, at that uh, funeral service and. I'm just ready to take a nap. So let's just get through this. Let's chug right along here. I've got my coffee, my iced coffee. I'm ready to roll. So let's get to the first email. And that comes from Bill Ryan. And he's emailed the show multiple times. A great listener. We appreciate him. He's in New York. He said, Bill here again from New York. Uh, my Jet fan brother. Let's, let's all have a moment of silence for Bill's brother, who's a Jets fan, okay? All right, they really don't deserve that much time to be. No, I'm just joking. That, you know, there's a lot of great Jets fans out there and Man, what a fan base that's been tormented, right? I mean, they had a little little glimmer of hope there with Rex Ryan several years back, and then it went right back in the crapper, you know, and I, and I hate it for him, but here's what he asked. He said, my Jet fan brother asked me to ask about Gronk playing for uh, Aaron Rodgers or playing with Aaron Rodgers. I believe that he would only play with Brady for a playoff run. So he's kind of asking, you know, do you think there's any chance that Gronk will be willing to play with Aaron Rodgers? And, uh, and, and it says, build the, build the Yankee New Yorker. He signs off. So thank you, Bill, for the email. I'm going to answer this real quick. You know, there's zero chance. Oh, I don't want to say zero. There's point zero 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 one percent chance <laughs> that Gronk would come to Green Bay. Uh, you know, he announced his retirement the other day on Twitter. It's the best that I understood the tweet that he sent out. But on top of that, I think that Gronk is one of those guys who has a promising career waiting on him, whether it's in acting, whether it's in, uh, um, you know, uh, he stepped into the broadcast booth a little bit. I say the broadcast booth, but it was pregame show and Fox. And, man, he was very entertaining. He did some stuff for the New Year's uh, uh, New Year's Eve celebration there that they do, you know, with the ball dropping in, in New York. And he really stole the show on that. Um, I think there's zero chance that he comes uh, comes back and plays for anyone uh, you know, and, and if he did decide to come back and play, I believe it would be with Tampa Bay, hands down. It's the only team he would play with. Um, it would kind of be cool to see him go back to New England and finish there, but at the same time, I think Gronk's done. But it, it I thought one way, you know, after answering the question, I didn't want it to be that short. Let's kind of look at what he did. You know, you're talking about a Hall of Fame career. I know this is a Packer podcast, but you're talking about what I believe is the greatest tight end to ever play the game. And I, I'm sure there's several people, probably a large amount of people, that disagree with me on that, but I want to kind of run through his PFF grades real quick. Just just a very broad view of it. Starting in 2010, his rookie year, guys, 86.1. 2011, a 92.0, then a 91.1, 91.0, 91.8, 90.7, 90.2, 90.1. And then his last year in New England was a 73.7. He goes to Tampa Bay, uh, 72.1. And then last year actually, uh, you know, raised that seven points up to a 79.5. But guys, those 90s, that is so rare. That is so rare for any position in the NFL graded by PFF. And, you know, we talk about rookies coming in. You've heard us kind of say that, you know, with Eric Stokes and, and uh, and some of these other rookies as they stepped into play, it's it's pretty reasonable to say they if they if they perform in graded in the 60s with PFF grade, then that's a pretty good rookie year. Here you got Gronk that stepped in immediately at an 86.7 and then jumped into the 90s and stayed there for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight years. 
hands down, the greatest tight end to ever play the game. And the reason that it's 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 a no-brainer for me is his run blocking as well. The guy is one of the best run blockers in the history of the tight end position. Um, so, again, I don't want to make this show about anyone other than the Green Bay Packers, but the question pertained to uh, Rob Gronkowski, and I thought, why not give the guy you know respect where respect is due? I would love to see him go back to New England and kind of uh, have a ceremony there and retire where he belongs there in New England. Because he is, and I think in everybody's mind, a, a great New England Patriots. So um, thank you, Bill Ryan. Appreciate the email. We really, really do. Um, great question um, from from the brother. Like I said, uh, uh, God God love his soul, man. Let's, uh, let's kind of pull for the Jets for him this year, right? <laughs> so let's move on to the next uh, email question. As a matter of fact, before we do, since this is going to be a little bit shorter of a show, let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break. Let's get some ads in here and pay some bills, and we really appreciate you uh, kind of sitting through these ad uh, ad plays because it does help the show a lot, guys. And and I know I've gotten some feedback from people that they don't like some of the things that are being advertised, but I'll just tell you this: um, we don't control what's advertised. Um, we don't, not at this stage. And I don't want to get too deep into that because that's really none of my business. I just essentially work with the Packernet podcast and. And I'm just a dumb redneck from Kentucky. I don't know exactly how the ads work behind the scenes. But I do know this. If there is something on this ad run that that piques your interest and you'd like to support, um, I'm always a firm believer in supporting those who support us, right? And that's kind of how I do with the Green Bay Packers. I'm the sucker that buys the Sargento cheese years ago because they were, quote, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers, right? But anyway, let's get a quick ad break, and then we'll get to the second email, and we'll get you guys out of here. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Okay, the next email comes from Jakey K, and uh, yeah, I'm, I hope that's Jakey, 
and not Jackie. I apologize if I if I botched the name there, but it says, "Hey Clayton, love the show, especially when you share from the heart about people needing to be better to one another." Anywho, here is my question on a previous episode. You broke down the here is I'm sorry, boy, I'm bad with this uh, pronunciation here. Anywho, here is my question. On a previous episode, you broke down the cornerbacks and where they were drafted the same year we took Eric Stokes. I would love to hear how the running backs performed last year that were drafted in the same class as A.J. Dillon. Thank you so much if indeed you do have time to read this email. Jake in Oklahoma. Okay, so it is Jake, and uh, thank you for the email, Jake. And as far as the first part, man, uh, I really appreciate you acknowledging that. It is something that's – important to me. I think it should be, you know, it's not as important to me as it needs to be. And I'm trying to get better every day, but we do, man. We need to take care of one another. Life's short, way too short to be uh, arguing about politics and anything else and uh, convincing ourselves that rich elitists um, on, in both parties care more about you and our country than, than you care about your neighbor. I just think that's a silly, silly way to live life. But to get back to your question, um, it's a great question, and I was really excited. You guys know I'm a numbers geek, right? So I, I'm really excited about diving into this. And uh, obviously, the question was surrounding about A.J. Dillon and the running backs taken in his draft. So let's look at it. <clears throat> and and when you pull up this draft class, it's kind of cool. Um, you know, you've got a draft class that has a, a couple of uh, strong strong running backs in it, one of which most people consider to be the, the best running back in the NFL right now. And uh, I'm not going to spoil it. I want to go in order, and I love doing it this way. I love to kind of look at the order in which these running backs were taken because, as you guys remember, when you're watching the draft and a running back's taken, whether you had him high on the board or not, either you had him high on the board and you're thinking, God, I wish we would have got him, or you're going, well, you know, the scouting department, this is the way I view it. The scouting department's no way more than me. That guy must be the best running back in the draft according to – you know, their calculations, right? And then sometimes, it, most of the time, it doesn't turn out that way. It's just like Ryan says all the time, you know, the draft is, is such a such a dice row, right? You don't know exactly what you're going to get. You just got to try to do the research up front and hope you hit enough home runs in a draft to make it a successful draft class. And the ones that you don't hit on play a significant role um, and uh, and kind of fill out your roster if indeed you're kicking the kicking the can down the road like the Packers have been and, and some of the top competing teams have. So when it comes to the 2020 NFL draft, that was the draft the year that that uh, AJ Dillon was taken. Okay, the first the first running back off the board was at pick number thirty two. So the last pick of the first round was Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and he went to the Kansas City Chiefs. If you guys remember, okay, Clyde Edwards Hilaire was actually graded out last year on PFF as the fifth highest rated running back. You heard that right. The guy that was considered to be the most valuable running back in the entire NFL draft class graded out fifth according to PFF, and that grade was a 65.6 is where he came at. Came in at. He had 377 offensive snaps, so he did see quite a bit of playing time. It's not like he was injured, uh, you know, most of uh, most of the season. He got quite a few snaps, so I feel like that's enough to to say, okay, yeah, that's probably a pretty fair assessment at a 65.6. So again, he graded out as the fifth best running back in this class. Yet he was the top running back taken, and that was from last year's PFF grade. Okay, and and I I want to look at last year's because guys, you're only as good as your last game you played. I mean, I really believe that. Uh, it may be a bit extreme about just one single game, but definitely the last season. It's it's when you start going back one, two, three years ago. Yeah, but look what he did back here. 
then you're you're kind of bending the rules a little bit to try to make it fit your narrative. And that's why I've been kind of down on Darnell Savage. We seen what he showed when he first came into the league, and I was very I was ex- as excited as anyone. But he's only as good as his last year's performance, and last year was just an off year, right? So uh, with that being said, let's move on. Uh, the second running back taking taken in the uh, 2020 NFL draft was at pick number 35. So three picks later was DeAndre Swift. If you guys remember, DeAndre Swift was drafted by the Detroit Lions. There's still people to this day that talks about DeAndre Swift being a great running back. I heard people talk about, the, you know, I can't remember which talking head it was, but they were like, man, yeah, the, the Detroit Lions are really set up for success. When you look at that offense, they've got weapons across the board. you got Devon, DeAndre Swift in the backfield. And I was like, oh, wow, was DeAndre really that good? Well, when you look it up, last year's PFF grade, he graded out seventh. He was the seventh best running back, guys, not in the entire NFL. Of this draft class, he was the seventh graded. Okay, he actually came in last place of this draft class that was graded out on PFF here. He was a 57.8. Guys, that's horrible. I mean, that is not a good grade at all. And you're probably going, well, how many snaps did he have? 560 total offensive snaps. So he had plenty of opportunities, and he just did not play well at all. I mean, you know, one of the things that really stands out to me, and it sounds minute, but it's important, is pass blocking. His pass blocking grade was a 26.8. And his receiving grade was a 58.5. So, I mean, yeah, just a horrible performance by DeAndre Swift. So here is the quote, quote unquote, second best running back in the entire NFL draft that year, taken by the Lions, and he graded out seventh amongst his peers in that same class. So coming in at number three here, the number 41 pick in the 2020 draft was Jonathan Taylor from the Indianapolis Colts. And there's no reason to try to budge this in any direction. This guy is a stud. This was a home run pick. Jonathan Taylor graded out as the number one running back in the entire NFL. Guys, let me put that into perspective. He was taking six picks after DeAndre Swift. And he was the top graded running back in the entire NFL at an 87.0. Okay? Now, DeAndre Swift... To put that into perspective, was the 59th ranked running back in the entire NFL, according to PFF grade. Pretty remarkable, right? And he done so many things good across the board. His rushing grade was a 90.0. His receiving grade was a 62.5. Not bad for a running back. Really wasn't. Um, so, And he had 766 offensive snaps. What do we say? The top abilities in the NFL is availability and accountability. And Jonathan Taylor has that. He's emerged as an absolute leader for the offense of the Indianapolis Colts. So great pick there at number 41 for the Colts, hands down. All right, the next one was picked at number 52 in the NFL draft in 2020, and that was Cam Akers. Now, you guys remember Cam Akers, there was a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz around Cam Akers. He was a player that 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 seemed like he had all the tools and was going to you know, play well. Well, here's, here's the knock. He got hurt last year, missed the entire uh, NFL season. Right, Cam Akers did. What do we say? You can't make the club in the tub, right? What did I just say? The top two abilities, availability and accountability. Cam Akers scored a zero on availability last year. Could be one of the greatest running backs. Could be better than Jonathan Taylor. But if you're not on the field, it doesn't matter. And that's what we always say. You can have you can have all the talent in the world. You can have all the skill sets, all the football IQ, all of that. But if you cannot stay healthy, it serves no purpose for the football team. 
So there you have the, uh, like I said, number 52 pick, Cam Akers, missed the entire year. Three picks later at number 55 was J.K. Dobbins for the Baltimore Ravens. You guys remember J.K. Dobbins, another running back everybody was excited about. He was going to be, you know, one of the one of the top-notch running backs moving forward, maybe better than Jonathan Taylor. Well, lo and behold, he missed the entire NFL season there last year in 2021. And I think if I remember correctly, it was a knee injury in the preseason. Once again, can't make the club in the tub. Top, the number, the most important ability is availability. And J.K. Dobbins was not available for his team. Now, again, when you take them at number 55, it's a little bit easier to absorb that hit, right? If it had been a, you know, in my opinion, yes, you got some production out of DeAndre Swift, but at a 57.8, there was nothing good about that performance. And the fact that you took him at number 35 in Detroit, I think I would rather be in Baltimore's shoes and throw J.K. Dobbins on injured reserve than looking up and going, how in the world did we think that a borderline first-round pick was this good, and lo and behold, he's he's one of the worst running backs in the entire NFL, you know, at ranked at number 59 in the entire NFL. So, uh, again, J.K. Dobbins, though, um, you know, you, you serve no purpose for your team if you're injured, right? So you're probably going, wow, man, where, where in the world is A.J. Dillon at, right? Well, we just got to him, okay? A.J. Dillon comes in at number 62. He was... Pick number 62 for the Green Bay Packers, right? And he graded out as the second highest running back in this class, only behind Jonathan Taylor. But more importantly, he graded out as the third highest graded running back in the entire NFL last year, guys. An 86.2 offensive grade. His rushing grade was an 89.7. So to put that into perspective, it's not like Jonathan Taylor is hands down the best running back over A.J. Dillon, according to PFF, of course. what these, This is what stands out to me. Jonathan Taylor, 87.0. A.J. Dillon, 86.2. Like, you're splitting hairs now, right? Uh, rushing grade was an 89.7, only .3 below Jonathan Taylor. His receiving grade, check this out. Jonathan Taylor's receiving grade was a 62.5. A.J. Dillon actually scored a higher receiving grade at a 64.8. I remember when A.J. Dillon was drafted, some of the quote-unquote experts were talking about how A.J. Dillon, yeah, he's a bruiser, he's a great running back, but he just can't catch the football. All because the, the, the collegiate team that he played for chose not to throw him the ball that much. But if you go back and watch the combine and you watch at the pass-catching drills that the running backs did, A.J. Dillon crushed it. If I remember correctly, he didn't drop a single pass during those drills. Now, yes, you can very easily say, well, they're in shorts and, and T-shirts, you know, shorts and tank tops. Yeah, it's a lot easier to, to catch the football in, in a indoor, you know, dome, climate, nobody, you know, no linebacker breathing down your neck on a Texas route looking to take your head off, right? So it's easy to catch the ball there. But at the same time, it's like, how can you watch that and go, nah, I still think he can't catch. That makes no sense. But he scored a 64.8 receiving grade, and uh, Jonathan Taylor's was a 62.5. So two points higher, 2.3 points higher. Uh, damn, that's that's hard to say right there. 2.3 points higher than Jonathan Taylor on receiving grade. Here is what's really cool. Jonathan Taylor's pass blocking grade was a 31.2. That's horrible, guys. I mean, there's no two ways about it. A.J. Dillon's was a 57.7. I mean, you're talking about 20, roughly 25, 26 points higher. 
uh, as far as a better grade of pass blocking than Jonathan Taylor was with the Colts. I mean, that's that's pretty remarkable. Now, here's the number that I don't want to say it, scared, it doesn't scare me, but this does kind of make you step back and go, okay, Jonathan Taylor had a lot more wear and tear. He had 766 offensive snaps. A.J. Dillon had 491. So that's a pretty significant difference. I mean, you're talking about well over, what, 200 uh, additional snaps for Jonathan Taylor. So um, you'd like to think that if A.J. Dillon, the more snaps he got during the year, his numbers would probably go down a little bit from fatigue. You would just kind of naturally, you know, think that. But that's the beautiful thing about having Aaron Jones on this roster and why it's so important that the Packers somehow make it work where Aaron Jones is on the roster next year. Guys, I was blown away when we looked at Aaron Jones's numbers as far as PFF grades and, and how he did in the receiving game last year. When Ryan Schlipp sent me those numbers over where he took the time, and, and I really want to thank Ryan for taking the time. I know he's got similar things going on in his life that I've got going on in mine right now, and I just want to say that I've, you know, Thoughts and prayers goes out to his family uh, with what they're, uh, you know, having to deal with. Uh, I don't want to speak for him, and I he probably getting mad at me for even bringing it up because Ryan's the type of guy he doesn't want that attention. I don't want attention, but I definitely want my listeners to kind of know where I'm coming from without boring them with details. But he took the time away from the stuff he's dealing with and looked up those stats for me and showed just how Aaron Jones stacked up against DBs. And I was surprised. I was ha- very, very happy and uh, and surprised to see just how good Aaron Jones did in the receiving game last year. But that's why it's so important to have an Aaron Jones on the roster along with A.J. Dillon. You know, think of it from the defensive perspective. You're lining up, whether you're lining up in your base or your nickel, Let's look at it from the Packers' standpoint. Let's say the Packers had to face Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and I want you to put yourself in their shoes. Okay, let's start with the defensive line. Let's say you're playing a, uh, you know, a two or a three technique, and in a 34 front, your, you know, your, uh, your goal here, whether you're playing an over or under, is to occupy two gaps, right? When you look in the backfield and you get ready, they get ready to snap the ball, and you see Aaron Jones, you're thinking, okay. I have really got to, I've really got to cover these two holes. I have got to drag this offensive line and this double team all the way through, you know, either right or left and be willing to move and, and be agile and all those things because this guy could bounce it out at any second, right? And your mind starts gearing towards that. When you go to the next level at linebacker, you know they're thinking, okay, I've got to, I've got to keep my gap integrity uh, intact, right? I got to make sure I'm covering my A or my B gap. But if, if, the, if, Something tips me off that this is going to be an outside zone run. I have got to get sideways and get outside to stop this scat back, this this demon on the field, this guy who has blazing speed and great agility. And I've got I've got to figure out how I can get out there and make sure I don't give him the sideline. I cannot depend on my corner, my nickel, or my safety in the box to set that edge. I've got to make sure I get over there and seal that edge right? That's what you get with Aaron Jones. On top of that, you get the whole uh, dynamic of what if they put him in motion? If they put him in motion, okay, now we're at a disadvantage because Aaron Rodgers knows if we're in man or zone, depending on how we react. And if we are in man coverage as a linebacker, I've got to cover that guy going down the field now. I don't know if he's going to run a, 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 you know, a pre-snap wheel route, pre-snap motion wheel route. I don't know if he's going to come set and then break my ankles and run a Texas back across the middle. Uh, angle route, whatever it is, right? Some some kind of little dig, like it's there's all these things are going through your mind, and, and and stay with me here. 
when you've got two backs like that, you're you're kind of getting lulled into that. Okay, I, I I think I've got this under control, and then boom, here comes the substitution, and guess who it is? AJ Dillon. Here comes Quadzilla, the Quad Father, right? And now your mindset completely changes. Now it turns. Go back to the defensive line. It's okay. I've got to occupy these two gaps, but I've also got to be be willing and ready to make some kind of contact with this guy because if he gets past me, he's going to have a full head of steam and he's running through this linebacker. And when I say through, it doesn't mean for a 60-yard touchdown run. It means for anywhere from three to seven yards every single time, just from pad level, acceleration, and those big, thick legs running through somebody, right? So that's what the defensive lineman's thinking. And now from the linebacker perspective, it's, it's even worse. You're the guy absorbing that hit. It's okay. I cannot, maybe I don't need to focus as much about covering laterally and getting from sideline to sideline. Maybe I really need to get ahead of steam in here and help this defensive line plug that gap so he doesn't just blow through the other side like a cannonball, right? It's just amazing how those things shift. Now let me paint you this picture. Imagine both of those positions, and then all of a sudden you look up and they're both on the field. There's number 33, there's number 28, and it's, oh my God, what are they going to do here? Is, is big boy getting the ball, or is it scat back getting the ball? Oh crap, they're, they're, they're motioning him. And, and the thing I love is those pre-snap fake jet sweeps, or even just a fake to Aaron Jones, like maybe one of those fake swing passes, and then hand the ball off to A.J. Dillon. You've already got the linebacker kind of on his heels He's taking a step to the left or the right to, to try to cover that swing pass, and then they give it to the bowling ball, and here he comes. I just love that stuff. I, I don't think you could put a price tag on it. I really don't. And when you look at you know, where, yes, Aaron Jones got the bag. He got paid, and rightfully so. I love to see players get paid, especially guys that are team players and they're, they're willing to sacrifice everything for their teammates. There's nothing better than watching their lives change with tens of millions of dollars, right? And and but you got to think though, Aaron Jones was what a fifth round pick, if I remember right. AJ Dillon, I just read it off to you, was the number sixty two pick. Like his cap hit is nothing on our roster as far as you know salary cap ramifications. Um, it's just a really cool dynamic. But I, I think the stat that points that sticks out to me the most there in why AJ Dillon had the success he had was because those offensive snaps are 491. I mean, that is significantly less than Jonathan Taylor. Don't get me wrong. It's not like a minute amount of snaps. That's a big workload for a running back. But if they keep doing that to Jonathan Taylor, mark my words, two, maybe three years from now, that guy's going to be out of gas. We see it with running backs all the time. And when they work them into the ground like that, man, this is a different kind of game today right? And I, I'm not speaking that on Jonathan Taylor. I love Jonathan Taylor. He seems like a really great dude, and he's a great running back. And, and as long as they're not playing the Packers, if I see the Colts on, believe you me, I'm, I'm looking in that backfield going, let's see what Jonathan Taylor does here. Man, I really love watching him run the football. So uh, I hope that answers your question, Jake. Um, I keep wanting to call Jack. Keep keep wanting to call you Jackie because it's Jakey K, but it's definitely Jake in Oklahoma. And uh, go Sooners. Uh, probably made some people mad with that, but hey, I'm supporting Jake today. He's supporting the show. I'm supporting him. But uh, thank you for the email, man. I hope that answers your question. And uh, it was a great parallel to draw with the uh, with the previous show we did with the corners that were drafted the same years as Eric Stokes. And I think it's cool to to look at that type of stuff because. You know, so many people try to rank players, 
you know, the top 100 lists are fun for me. I like watching them. I like to kind of see people's differing opinions on who they think the top 100 players are. But really what it comes down to is how do they stack up against other players at those positions, right? It's comparing apples to apples is what's important to me. And anytime we get a question that's geared towards that, I think it's huge. I think it makes for great content. So, uh, again, Jake, thank you for the email. Also, uh, Bill Ryan, thank you, man. You're a loyal listener. We really, really appreciate it. I um, appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, email the show. So um, with that being said, the, really the only news that came out, and Ryan covered it, I do want to touch on it briefly. Um, Kurt Benkert being released, you know. Um, if anyone has any doubts in whether it was the right move or not, you go to his Twitch channel and watch the video that he released explaining it. And I'm not going to bore you with it. I know you guys, if you're listening to my voice, you definitely listen to Ryan. And hopefully you listen to Ryan's show more than you listen to this one. I'm sure you do because it's much better content in my opinion. But um, he mentioned that, you know, basically what Kurt Benkert said on that uh, on that podcast or that Twitch stream, I guess you could say. He said... Uh, you know, Goody did right by him. He he cut him loose so he could have a, a true opportunity to land with someone else, learn their system, and try to make the 53-man roster. And it really shows, you know, the kind of person that Goody is. But at the same time, like Ryan said, um, you know, Goody wouldn't cut him loose if he, if he was someone they were going to keep on the roster. It's not like he did this out of the goodness of his heart to say, you know what, I really want him to make this 53-man roster, but I think it would be best for him if he goes somewhere. That's not... Not at all. I'm not saying that Goody is trying to be a, a world changer in that regard, right? But I just want to say, you know, as far as Kurt Benkert, man, what a class act. He was a guy who, who was just one of those Packers that he loved to be in Green Bay. Um, he, You know, I love the video. I've mentioned it before. You guys should go find it, where they were getting some people together out in the snow over at the Titletown Field. If you don't know what the Titletown Field is, the Titletown District is what Mark Murphy has had built, and it is an absolute cash cow for the Green Bay Packers. It's, you know, that that big bonus that Aaron Rodgers got paid this year, that signing bonus, that's because of Titletown. Don't kid yourself. And those are things that Mark Murphy put into place. But he built a huge field there with this field turf on it. And when I was in Green Bay, I got to experience it with snow on the ground. And it was so cool. After the game, we left the game there. It was a 4 o'clock game, or I'm sorry, a local time. It would have been the 3 o'clock game. So it was after dark when the game was over. Me and my wife, we went over to Crow's West across the street, got the greasiest Wisconsin Butterburger I've ever seen in my life. It was absolutely amazing. I need to tweet that picture out of her holding it. It was You can see the grease running down her arms. It was unbelievable. Um and, uh, yeah, so we went over and got a burger, and then we was like, you know what, before we go back to the hotel, let's go over to the football field and just see what's going on. The lights stay on all the time, to the best of my knowledge, 24-7. And when we went over there, there were kids out there playing in the snow, playing football in the snow. But even better, there were two grown you-know-what men who were out there kicking field goals. And it was, I actually shagged balls for them for a little. It's funny if they're listening to the show, if they, if they were Packernet podcast fans, they're going – Hey, that's the guy that was shagging balls for us after the Seattle game. <laughs> that was me. Um, but it was it was cool watching them, you know, kick field goals. They busted their keister a couple times, and that made it even more worth it. <laughs> but um, that field being there, I mentioned that because Kurt Benkert surprised a bunch of fans. They all got together, and we're going to do kind of DB versus wide receiver uh, competitions where they all circled up around them. You've seen it, where they're just trying to torch each other and, and rag on each other. It's a lot of fun. And Kurt Benkert, sure enough, shows up. 
and came over on the field and hung out with them. That was the kind of kind of guy Kurt was. It also gave us an opportunity to, uh, to step into his personal life a little bit in a, in a positive manner. You got a guy that was so positive the entire time. Um, if I remember correctly, his child's name is Scout, I believe. But the uh, the videos he has of, I believe it's a little girl, if I remember correctly. I just remember briefly seeing some of the videos. And it's just like a man that's willing to share his family life. And he's living out this dream. And you may be going, yeah, well, he doesn't play. You know, okay, negative Nancy. Why don't you go change the world some other way, right? If that's how you feel. But this guy is living a dream, okay? And, and he's kind of sharing his family's experience along the way. It was just really cool as a Packer fan to experience that it really really was so um just want to say uh, not that he listens to the show i'm sure he doesn't but just so you guys know where i stand kurt ben kurt an absolute class act i hope we uh, run back across him again someday how i don't know how that would work you know with their quarterback situation right now with jordan love being the backup and if i understand the rules correctly i don't think kurt ben kurt could land on the practice squad any any longer but i'm not sure if the cba changed that in any way if you guys do know tweet at me and we'll get that uh, question answered for anybody who's listening to the show especially myself but uh yeah kurt ben kurt awesome dude so that was really the only news that broke that i can remember so we're just going to end the show there we're about 38 minutes in and uh, I'm just going to wrap it up there. Again, uh, please please forgive me for having a short show. Um, it's just with everything that happened today and, and just trying to get emotionally stable, I definitely need to be downstairs with the wife and uh, and uh, watching some office and, and laughing and trying to make the mood a little bit lighter. I don't need to be up here recording a podcast. But I, I wanted to drop in and just say thank you, to guys, thank you to all you guys and gals for supporting the show. Thanks for the email love. And uh, the questions always make the show great. And we will be back on Sunday. We can't wait to speak with you guys. Uh, We're going to be in here with Jacob, and we're going to break down uh, weeks. uh, I believe we're starting with week nine now. We're going to do four more weeks of self-scouting and break down the 2021 NFL season and kind of give you uh, weeks nine, 10, 11, and 12, I believe. And we'll talk about what went good, what went bad, and what we think the Packers will be looking to improve on stepping into training camp here. It's right around the corner, and I'm, I'm as excited as ever. So, uh, again, thank you guys for taking the time to listen to the podcast. You could be anywhere in the world listening to anything, and uh, you choose to be here with us knuckleheads, and we really, really appreciate it. So, as always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world, and go Pack Go!